We haven't done an update on the situation in Ukraine in a while, and there have been some developments. Russia yesterday unleashed what Ukrainian authorities called the latest, quote, massive missile attack across that country, striking homes, buildings, uh, civilians were killed, and once again targeting electrical uh, and water infrastructure in the area. Um, it really focused on Odessa a Black Sea port yesterday. Uh, and Ukraine's Air Force claims that they shot down more than 60 of the 70 missiles that were fired. But the war rages on, and as I said earlier, there's fears of uh, perhaps a dangerous escalation given what we saw inside of Russia. So to get some details on what's happening and where it might be going, we're going to chat with Christian Luprecht, who is a professor at the Royal Military College and Queen's University and editor of the Canadian Military Journal author of Intelligence as Democratic Statecraft, published by Oxford University Press. Christian, thank you for joining us. Always appreciate your time. Shay, good morning. My pleasure. So, uh, obviously and clearly, the Russians are continuing their attack, their strategy, targeting infrastructure, right? I mean, that continues unabated. Yeah, and I think that's a clear reminder to anyone who thinks that Putin can be taken seriously in terms of negotiating. Clearly, if you're trying to uh, completely destroy the ability of an entire country to survive for a bitter, through a bitter cold winter, uh, it shows that clearly any negotiation is not in the cards and uh, that Putin uh, continues to persist on his political objectives to make Ukraine unviable as a country. Uh, and it reminds us the support that Ukraine is going to need for uh, some of probably the most difficult months, uh, both in terms of fighting and in terms of uh, the survival of the Ukrainian society. Um, how effective has it been in terms of targeting and weakening the infrastructure? We know he's gone after, uh, you know, drinking water, sanitation, electricity, all those sorts of things. How effective has that been? Ukraine says they managed to rebuild pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a good question, because, of course, we hear about the percentage of infrastructure that's out of commission, either temporarily or permanently. But we also know from military strategy that these sorts of efforts to break the will of civilian populations uh, don't work. And that, to the contrary, it tends to harden the resolve because the people who don't want to live under those conditions, by and large, will have left Ukraine some time ago, knowing what was likely to come. And the people who are staying behind uh, have simply decided that for the sake of the future of their country and supporting their country, they're willing to make considerable sacrifice. And of course, Ukraine also prepared for these extreme hardships and its populations for the extreme hardships. So uh, I'm not convinced that Putin will prevail. But of course, the more you keep uh, chipping away at critical infrastructure in Ukraine, uh, the more difficult life is going to uh, become and the more difficult is going to get for Ukraine to try to rebuild infrastructure as quickly as Russia destroys it. Yeah, no question about it. What do you make of the bombings inside of Russia, the air bases in Russia that were targeted over the weekend? Yeah, I think there's two dimensions to this. Ukraine is getting uh, better at intercepting the projectiles that are being flown. In particular, it seems that Russia uh, is back to firing missiles, which are a bit easier for Ukrainian air defense to intercept, uh, especially so some of the missiles that uh, Russia has been using because it's most sophisticated missiles. They, Russia seems to have a considerable uh, trouble reproducing. Uh, and at the same time, so one is sort of this deterrence effect of 
of course, defending themselves. The other is uh, a deterrence effect of trying to demonstrate to Russia that it has the capability to strike deep inside Russian territory. But that is going to make allies and partners quite nervous because, of course, that could lead to an escalation. It's precisely the reason why allies and partners have not uh, come through with the longer range, higher precision weaponry that Ukraine has been asking for for months uh, because uh, allies and partners don't want Western supplied uh, weapons to be used to target a Russian uh, territory proper for fear of uh, how Putin might uh, react and retaliate. Does it signal any sort of change in direction? I mean, like, could this be seen as Ukraine going on the offensive? I mean, how how do you make it in terms of where this might be headed next? Yeah, I think there's two things. The Ukrainians have obviously figured out that uh, Russia has not deployed its air defenses to defend right. some of its own air bases. And so uh, they figured out where there's sort of some weak links and where they can target those weaknesses. Uh, the other is, I think, trying to force Ukraine to disperse its cap- uh, sorry, for Ukraine to force Russia to disperse some of its capabilities. So now they have their air defenses concentrated around the territories for which Russia has been fighting. This means they will not have to spread out the air defenses, which means there's going to be fewer air defenses in the areas uh, that uh, uh, that are being heavily contested between Russia and Ukraine, which then leaves those areas more vulnerable also uh, to Ukrainian drones, for instance. So I think this is also a strategy of trying to um, force Russia with the already dwindling capabilities that it has to dilute those capabilities further, so as to be able to sustain at least some of the fight for Ukraine uh, throughout the winter, which is likely going to be a fight that is going to be waged more a bit at a distance through drones and artillery and probably less uh, in the trenches of uh, of infantry because of how difficult the terrain is in the winter. We've heard so much about the winter, Christian. We know that, I mean, it's here, right? We're into December and, and their climate is very similar to ours. Has it changed things dramatically to this point? Uh, sure. I mean, it has significantly uh, slowed the progress on both sides because the ground is now uh, very muddy, which means it is very inhospitable. So essentially, it's very difficult to make any sort of progress outside of main roads. So whoever holds those main roads um, and now controls much of the uh, the supply lines. Nonetheless, uh, Ukraine has made it clear that if, if Ukraine were to relent at this point, it would allow Russia to regroup for spring offensive. And so the objective for Ukraine Ukraine is going to be perhaps less so than uh, taking territory than to continue to deplete uh, Russian supply lines and Russian capabilities to regroup um, and to muster uh, their equipment and their people so that in the spring, Russia does not have the capabilities to mount a major counteroffensive. Christian, great insight as always. I appreciate you being here, sir. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.